What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hit. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've had a great week so far. It's certainly been a very busy week in the world of pro wrestling, and clearly we'll get to all of that in just a few minutes. First and foremost, as I always do, thank you so much for those who continue to support what we're doing on the socials. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is where you'll find us at The Faction Show. So if you're not following, go ahead and click the follow button in any of those spaces and certainly subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us now. Just look for The Faction Show and you'll be able to find us. Thank you for those who consistently support what we're doing, who continue to listen to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you. It means the world to us. I promise you that it does. Now then, now that we've gotten all of the acknowledgments and pleasantries out out of the way, let's get into wrestling news. That's why you're here. Let's start with Monday Night Raw. This week's episode of Monday Night Raw had some pretty intriguing things go down. It was the main event was a women's tag team title match between Tamina and Natalia versus the former champions Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. We also saw what I thought could have been the match of the night Matt Riddle versus Xavier Woods an incredible match far better than I had imagined in my mind super excited about that we got some more development as it related to who Bobby Lashley's challenger will and won't be for Hell in a Cell we'll really find that out next week in a great match between Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre and things just continue to develop and evolve on Monday Night Raw but the real news coming out of Monday Night Raw has nothing to do with what happened on camera it has everything to do with what happened off camera as yesterday WWE made what I believe to be a stunning announcement that after only seven weeks on the job WWE and Adnan Verk its lead raw commentator have parted ways now this seems like massive news I mean think about this he debuted the night after Wrestlemania and then the night after his debut We found out some major changes that happened in the world of WWE. Samoa Joe, who called WrestleMania two nights before, ended up being fired and released as part of the big company releases. Tom Phillips, who was the lead guy for Monday Night Raw, got moved to 205 Live. We saw another shift with Corey Graves moving from SmackDown to Raw. And then on SmackDown, we see the debut of Pat McAfee so with that said a lot of changes in the commentary world certainly to accommodate Adnan Verk now according to Verk he went to Twitter yesterday and he says quote thanks to WWE for a wonderful opportunity the weekly travel along with my other jobs was a grind for me and my family I'm grateful to everyone with the company especially Corey Graves and Byron Saxton for being such fantastic teammates so The word on the street is, according to Adnan Verk, he leaves WWE because, well, the travel was too much. And let's consider this, because as I thought about it, I was like, well, you're just traveling to Tampa or to St. Pete basically once a week to do Raw. 
The other piece of it, though, is WWE is getting ready to go back on the road. As we've talked about, they're returning to live events in July, which means there's no longer going to Tampa and coming back. Now it's going to wherever else things are. And again, this was not Adnan's only job. Let's throw this other piece in there as well. From a commentary perspective, uh, certainly many of you, when we posted this on social media last night, uh, were not surprised by this move. Several of you felt as though he was not a good fit, which I totally get. And then Nathaniel Blackwood says he belongs on SmackDown. He didn't work out, but glad he gave it a try. So here's the reality of it. From my own perspective, I agree with all of you. But I also feel like it takes time if you're coming from the outside to get ingratiated into what WWE and pro wrestling is like. Pro wrestling from a commentary perspective is not like doing commentary or analysis for basketball, baseball, golf, or any of the other sports that Adnan Verk has worked for. He's done commentary with baseball and baseball and wrestling are two very different animals and you can't handle them the same. Personally, I felt like Verk was certainly on the monotone side of things, did not express the type of excitement that was needed. I also feel like it takes time to get used to the WWE system. But what's also interesting to me is this. Did they not vet him and did they not train him? Right. So the announcement comes out about him literally the day after WrestleMania. And so let's think about this. Your first day on the job for WWE is calling arguably the biggest episode of Raw in the entire year. That being the Raw after Mania. From a continuity standpoint, do you really want to introduce a new voice to the WWE faithful, especially after a WrestleMania, which marked the first time WWE brought fans back. Fans are going to tune in to Raw after WrestleMania. Do they want the Apple cart upset with the introduction of not just one voice, but two new voices to Monday Night Raw? Samoa Joe being out, Tom Phillips being out. Then you move in, of course, Adnan Verk and Corey Graves, which Corey Graves, I don't know, was a huge adjustment. Folks had heard him on Raw before, of course, you hear him on SmackDown. But Adnan Verk being the lead is a big deal. So seven weeks didn't work well. Best wishes there to Adnan Verk. Now, the question is, who will get the call? We don't know yet who's going to step in as the lead guy. Tom Phillips certainly was moved to 205 Live. And my own personal opinion is if I'm Tom Phillips, I don't even know that I want the call at this point. Because Tom Phillips, first of all, is a great commentator. I've loved his work on SmackDown, on Raw, on NXT, on NXT UK. If we're completely honest, he has worked virtually every brand of WWE, and he's done it without complaint. My concern is, and again, you're getting my opinion. I usually don't give a lot of opinion here, but I think this is important. I don't think it's fair that a company takes the new flavor of the month and the new shiny toy and replaces the consistent toy because it's the new shiny toy, right? So I think that's the situation we have with Adnan Verk. Was Verk worth moving the entire commentary situation on both Raw and SmackDown for? 
clearly the answer is no. And I'm just surprised that WWE didn't do any trial runs with him or did not give him the opportunity to really get ingratiated and to train in this scenario. My God, you had the amazing Mauro Ronaldo, who certainly had called great combat sports and called pro wrestling with his great work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. His debut was SmackDown. It wasn't a debut the night after Mania, right? So I don't want to say they set Adnan Verk up to fail, but I do think that he really needed more time if he was going to be effective. And if they knew that, which I'm sure they did, they should not have made this move. They should have given him weeks to train off camera before he gets on camera. But I'm not the one making those decisions, right? This is a WWE decision. And I would say congratulations to Adnan Verk for being able to recognize this isn't exactly working. I'm going to be out. And he's going to be able to do things with his family. And he's not like perhaps others who are wondering where they're going to go. He still has plenty of gigs going on. So congratulations to Adnan Verk. And I'm very interested to see where WWE goes with the new announcer for Monday Night Raw. We're going to put on the best show of the year tonight. Be kidding oh my me? God. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. He got him. Oh my God. Oh my God. Listen to this place! The killer weight has returned! That's Rekka Tahaka! Oh my god! Oh man! When is the last time you've been in front of a megastar of this caliber? For the first time in SHW history, we are going to experience a bunkhouse brawl match. No! no, no. Oh, oh look out! Yes. Picture of our future. Speaking of WWE, NXT had a big show last night, which was capped off by their huge main event, a rematch for the NXT Championship. As Finn Balor battled Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross retains the NXT Championship in an amazing match. I remain amazed at how NXT has the ability to just make their shows huge. And that's what happened last night on NXT, another massive show. As big as their weekly show has been, this felt bigger. It felt like a takeover because of everything that happened from start to finish. So kudos to NXT and all that they're doing. It was an incredible show. We saw the debut of Frankie Monet, formerly known as Ty of Valkyrie. I thought it was impressive. I did get a little confused though. And let me explain where my source of confusion came from. Frankie Monet does not sound like someone who would be Latino or Spanish. Certainly sounds like uh, perhaps a French type of situation that's happening, bringing the poodle in, etc., etc., etc. So during the match, when she kept referencing herself as, you know, La Huera Loca, you know, I got confused and I'm wondering which way does this go? So hopefully over time, we'll get some understanding of that. Let me also say this. I, there are rarely moments for me on NXT that don't necessarily translate. But I think one of those moments was the million dollar showdown between Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes. Ted DiBiase certainly needs no introduction needs no help but I was surprised I felt like the pace of what he was saying didn't exactly deliver 
And I felt like by the time that segment ended, we weren't sure what happened, right? Did Ted DiBiase pull a fast one on Cameron Grimes? Is he now siding with LA Knight? What's going on? It was a weird segment that I'm sure NXT will figure out how to fix and fix very, very soon. I'm also interested in seeing what the ratings look like for this. So kudos to NXT. Again, overall, a great, great show. Very quickly, a reminder, AEW Dynamite does not air tonight. They have been moved to Fridays for tonight and next week in light of the NBA playoffs. So remember that. And they will air on Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, not their normal 8 p.m. Eastern time slot. So consider that it should be a big show as it's the go home show for the double or nothing pay-per-view, which takes place this weekend. It should be really quite amazing. AEW will be completely live. You'll have all sorts of fans in the audience. It should be an amazing, amazing weekend for AEW. With that said, one big piece of news before we go is surrounding a name that we really haven't talked a whole lot about on this podcast because he's been kind of busy, and that is John Cena. Now, there is a report floating around that John Cena may be back in WWE in time for WWE's return to the road as they head to SmackDown on July the 16th in Houston, Texas. So there's that. But that is not what the people are talking about. The people are talking about a recent media tour that John Cena did over in Taiwan. And part of what happened is that, well, let me just tell you what he said. He referred to Taiwan as a country. However, there's a unique relationship between Taiwan and China, as the Chinese consider Taiwan a, quote, rogue province that is part of their territory and so the Chinese got upset about that then he issues an apology to the Chinese saying I am very 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 sorry I love the people of China etc etc and refuse to acknowledge Taiwan as a country now for those who are unfamiliar and don't understand why this is a big deal it's a pretty big deal for a lot of reasons because for one Taiwan is a country and let me just put it to you this way Keith Olbermann who is a former analyst for ESPN this is what he tweeted he said quote how shameful Cena Taiwan is a country and a democracy. You just apologized to a dictatorship. Conservative pundit Ben Shapiro said this, quote, Taiwan is a country. Hong Kong should be free. If you are unwilling to say these things because it might hurt your bottom line, you are a pathetic coward. Then Republican Senator Tom Cotton simply said to John Cena, pathetic. People are letting John Cena have it because of all of this. CNN reporter Jim Scudo says, why not call a decades-long healthy and functioning democracy a country? Because much of Hollywood operates in fear of Beijing. Many of its blockbuster movies dependent on the mainland Chinese market. So John Cena is not doing very well from all of this. And uh, there are many that are calling for the cancellation of John Cena. How will WWE respond? I don't know. But what I will say is this. One thing we are quickly learning 
is we're hearing the hearts of people. And yes, I do believe people should get the opportunity to apologize. But it does get interesting when Taiwan is its own country, is a democracy, and there's apologies to a nation like China who has necessarily not been a friend always to the United States and has not always supported this concept of democracy. So this gets super interesting because ultimately what we're looking at is John Cena trying to protect his bottom line. And his bottom line and the bottom line for the movie he's promoting is we want the people of China happy. The problem is this. Of course, John Cena historically in the United States has been all about democracy. He's been the patriot. He's been all of those things, supporting the troops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So which is it? Are you really supporting democracy in the United States and around the world? Or are you protecting and promoting your bottom line? Now, John Bradshaw Layfield put out a post on Instagram basically saying, here are all the great things John Cena has done. He's fulfilled more make-a-wish requests than anybody else. He's done all of these amazing things. I stand with John Cena. Here's the problem with that. And I'm going to... Here's the problem with that, folks. The bottom line is either you stand for democracy or you not, or you don't. Either you stand for people's freedoms or you don't. And as the great Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So if you're not standing for the people of Taiwan, John Cena, but you are standing for the people of the United States, it almost sounds like an issue of privilege to me, but we don't wax terribly political here on the faction. I do think it's interesting, though, and I do want to hear your opinion on what you think about this John Cena controversy. I knew it was a big deal when I started seeing Republican senators and folks from CNN and former folks from ESPN talking about it. This is bigger than wrestling. It's a major, major thing. And certainly it could impact what happens with this movie, Fast and Furious 9. Let us know what your thoughts are on the socials at the faction show with that said we're gonna get out of here i hope you have an amazing wednesday family make sure you're hitting us up on the socials because again all sorts of breaking news is happening there as we saw last night and as we'll likely see today until next time family it's your man gb gerard bonner representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray collectively we're known as the faction have a great day Salute my people, here we go Salute my people